Listening to the Noise Canceling Pod, the podcast about streamlining life, encouraging discourse, and maximizing your mind. Hosted by Frank Boyce and Axel Clark. Welcome back, everyone, to the Noise Canceling Pod. I'm Frank Boyce. And this is Axel Clark. We're glad to have you here. It is episode 41, and, you know, dare I say, on the heels of episode 40, it was only a month ago. So by our standards, we are, we're coming right back at you. So. Well, was it really within a month? <laughs> yeah, I Roughly think it was speaking, very by our standards, it was almost exactly a month. <laughs> oh, excellent! Okay, so I feel I'm feel both pretty good about that, and I feel good that we're actually following up on something that we talked about in a previous episode. So those are uh, those are two two big firsts in the last I'd probably say eighteen months. <laughs> True. So so really stepping it up. So today we're we're going back to the the pitch day that that Axel was running out at joint joint base McGuire um just running through how that went again kind of talking through where it came from and from my perspective I really am interested in the next steps and and how it's been received since then so Axel do you just want to kick it off and talk about the event and kind of remind the listeners you know where that whole idea came from and how we got to you know the the big the big event sure so the event, I'm going to start with what we did, and then we'll kind of go back to how we came about to it. So ultimately at the Joint Base McGuire-Dixley-Curse pitch day, we had 10 small businesses come in and pitch their innovative technology to leadership at, I'm going to use the acronym JBMDL, but the leadership at JBMDL pitched those their innovative technology and five of them walked away with a one-page contract in their hands that they signed at the event and then an initial payment in the bank. So a way different approach, contracting approach than we typically are used to. I mean, just starting right there, that's that's kind of crazy by government standards. I mean, I don't I don't necessarily think if everyone. I mean, there's a lot of contracting professionals that that listen to this podcast, probably a really high level. But you know, getting a contract signed and and done in a single day and payment out i mean that's basically unheard of correct pretty much unheard of particularly the idea that a subject matter expert technical expert can hear a company pitch something and then if they like it at that exact time they give the thumbs up and we sign the contract and then make the initial payment that's all that happening within one day is very very uncommon well right I mean, what's the, what would you say is the average from, like, from a stateside perspective to say from the time that somebody thinks of a, a requirement to when it gets funded to all the way through, like, the contract payment? Probably at least six to 18 months, depending on how big it is. Yeah, and, and to be to be clear, the process for us, the entire process was two months. It's just that last little piece was done in a day. Yeah, that's super cool. So why don't you walk through those two months? You know, where where did this come from? How did you really pull it all together and, you know, pull it off in general? Because even, 
And I think I saw the figure, it was $168,000 of funded right. contracts signed that day. You know, you know, how did you even go about, you know, getting that funding secured just for that single day? Okay, so it really probably started off with the start of the fiscal year 19 the Air Force gave each wing, so this big organization within the Air Force, a certain amount of money for squadron innovation funds. And the purpose of those funds were to purchase innovative technology that will assist folks at the lowest level to improve processes or leverage technology that we haven't leveraged in the past. So at JBMDL, we started off by asking airmen or people with, across the base what ideas they had. And so we got 37 ideas and there were a lot of good ones, but we found that many of them were more of a pro, like they've identified a problem and they have an idea of what might be able to solve it, but they didn't have an exact solution. And so we were kind of in this period where we wanted to, to fund their idea, but we didn't really know what to purchase with that. We didn't know where to go with it. And so we were trying to find a way to bridge that gap. And around the same time, we I saw in the news about Air Force Pitch Day. And so with Air Force Pitch Day, it was a similar concept where the companies came in, pitched, signed a contract in a day and got the initial payment. And of course, being contracting, I was very curious of actually how that was able to work or how that could happen. So mm-hmm. I had I had it in my mind that the contracting, well, the contracting community had a, uh, a, a big training summit in the, at the end of March, and this Air Force pitch day happened at the beginning of March. So one of my goals when I went to this conference or summit was to find out how they did it. And it just so happened on the very first night, I was talking to my friend Sarah, who works up in the Pentagon, in one of my old positions. And I was so I said, hey, how did you all do this? Or who did this? And how did you make it happen? And I was really lucky, and she was the one who had led the effort. So then, cool. yeah, so then she's like, well, here, so she, she explained how they did it. And she said, you, you probably won't be able to do it exactly the way we did it, but here is how you can probably do it at the base level. So then me and her and then a couple other people just started brainstorming how we could do it at the base level, the rest of the conference. That's awesome. And so when I, so she gave the idea and she was going to kind of coach us through it because she had done it for the Air Force. And so when I got back, I went and talked to my boss's boss, the wing commander, and I said, hey, sir, here's the, there's a new way of doing contracting where instead of posting specific requirements, you post problem statements, because that's what the process would call the commercial solutions opening. It's the new solicitation process that we're going to mm-hmm. use. That's how it works. So instead of posting a specific requirement, you just post your problem statement and then companies submit varying technical solutions that may solve your problem. So you don't have to know exactly what the solution is. You just have to post your problem, and then you get all kinds of innovative technology against those problem statements. Interesting. So I will say, you know, in my mind, I'm kind of imagining this, like, super, super polished, like, tech crunch, disrupt type event with, you know, music and DJs. What Can you describe kind of how, how the day went and how you, you organized that? Right. So, well, we, so we ended up getting 72 proposals to all of our problem statements. And the proposals were just a five-page white paper and then up to 15 slides of a pitch deck. So we looked at those 72 proposals and ultimately invited 11 companies. Mm-hmm. And then one of the companies couldn't attend, so we ended up with 10 companies. 
And the 10 companies had five minutes to pitch, five minutes for questions in the tech demo, and then the leaders had five minutes to make a decision, and then five minutes for changeover. Interesting. So it probably was more of a tight schedule. It, it was tight to get through all 10 of the pitches, and it probably, everyone, especially when it came to the decision, probably they wish they had more time. Mm-hmm. So we had this big pitch stage set up, and we had asked the companies, "Are there is there any proprietary information that you don't want to share with any of your competitors and we were prepared to let them pitch in a classroom but no one said that they had anything proprietary that they didn't want to share so we ultimately had all 10 companies pitch up on this stage and so we just and there was about probably 50 people in the in Mm -hmm. the area so it was up at the new jersey institute of technology and they helped us uh, they provided us the venue and we did it up there so it was probably around a five-hour event with a break for lunch and uh, we just ran through all the pitches and the company would pitch the panel would listen to the pitch they would ask questions and then they would kind of huddle and then make a decision on whether they're going to purchase it or not so if they gave the thumbs up to purchase then the company would walk to the back of the room and the contracting officer was back there with the contract ready and then they signed it and then we had a gpc card holder who swiped their card to make the initial payment wow that's 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 like shockingly dramatic in my mind. It was cool. It was really cool. And then we, the, like, the first person was a yes, so that was exciting that we got a yes under our belts. And the the companies loved it because a lot of times they will go to these events like this, and it's more of a mixer, and yeah. there's not real funding behind it. It's kind of they introduce their product, but then they just have to hope that somehow it's going to end up in an acquisition. But here, when they got the invite we were prepared to purchase at the event. And so they were very excited about that. So I don't know how much you can get into the specifics of their ideas or their solutions, but can you give us kind of an an idea of the the range of solutions that were brought? Sure. So there was virtual reality training for both air crew and security forces. There was a miniaturized LED light, a a solar pond aeration system, Drone swarm delivery. Let's see what and uh, augmented reality training system. So those are examples of some of the things that we got. That's super cool. So is it a wide range? I think the lights were maybe. I think they're maybe the most interesting thing that we got in that we it we asked for specific problem statements, but we also said here's our mission or here's what our organization does. And if you have any other ideas that might be helpful to us, we will take those as well. Mm-hmm. So we didn't ask for lights, but we got this proposal in for these LED lights that are about the size, a little bit bigger than an iPad, but they replace a light cart, which has a big, huge generator on oh, it. Wow. And, uh, and it's massive. So at first when the person who was evaluating it said, hey, I'm interested in inviting these this company that makes these lights. I was thinking, how is that innovative? Or mm-hmm. I, was, I was skeptical. Then we saw them and we're like, hey, let's just give this a shot. So we invited them and even when there was, when even when they were invited, people were a little hesitant or thinking, you know, the same thing I did. Could lights really be innovative? But then when you brought them out and you could show how bright they were. So this little thing the size of an iPad, like a little bit bigger than an iPad, could light up a one acre field on it when it's on a stand 
and it lasts for seven hours. Oh wow! So it was the he had the best pitch. So I went up there, and I was trying to get his slides up, but my computer was restarting or doing updating <laughs> or something. Of course. Yeah. And so I said, hey, just wait a minute. My computer's updating. And he's like, ah, don't worry about it. I don't need these slides. So he just pitched it with no slides. And at the end, so he explained like the history of their company that they that they previously worked a lot with maybe uh, NYPD SWAT and the LA SWAT teams and also mm-hmm. some of the fishing crews up in Alaska. Oh, wow. So the lights, are, the lights are made to withstand all kinds of weather situations. But... He went into that, and then at the end, he turned his light on, and like one person on the panel had to put sunglasses on. <laughs> People were shielding their eyes, and this is in broad daylight. <laughs> That's impressive. So the first question was, sir, excellent demonstration. Can you please turn off your light so that I can see your face for my next question? <laughs> That's how you know it's an effective product. Right. But I, I like that one because... It's something. Oh, and that was a New Jersey company right outside of the base, so maybe an hour from the base. So, it's a it's one of those things where you're asking yourself, why don't we already have this? It seems mm-hmm. like we should, but for whatever reason, we just didn't know it was out there, and he had, wasn't able in the past to present this technology to us. And so, it was just the perfect opportunity for us to see it and for him to pitch it. And it's so far, it's been a success. The in use people are loving it. Yeah, that was actually going to be my next question. How many of those ideas do you think would have ever found their way into, you know, government acquisition for for your base or otherwise? It's possible they would have eventually got to us, but I think none of them were something that we were actively building a requirement for. Mm-hmm. So, and so, so my other question is uh, not related to that, but how how did the people feel? You know, did you get any kind of exit interviews from the ones that, that didn't win? Like, did they still enjoy the experience? Did they say, you know, like, we'll be back next year? Did you, did you get any specific feedback from them? Yes. Yeah, so one of the challenges we had is, first of all, when my team started at the beginning of this two-month process, none of us had heard of this new solicitation process called Commercial Solutions Opening. So, and we issued our draft announcement within a week of even starting to think about it so when we went through the process we had a lot of updates as we were figuring things out we got questions in and realized that we could word certain things differently so we did have a lot of changes throughout the process so we did get some feedback that you know we we there were a lot of changes through the process and we acknowledged that because it was the first time we had done it so uh, we were just iterating through our announcement so that was some of the feedback when we sent the the I guess the the notice that they, people weren't getting an invitation, uh, we offered to provide them a debriefing or basically give them feedback on why they weren't selected. And I, we weren't technically required to do that, but we wanted to provide them the feedback so that they could maybe present their solution in a better way next time mm-hmm. or help coach them through the next time. And then we also referred them to some of the other uh, organizations that were doing similar pitch days. Mm-hmm. So that so we wanted them to know that this wasn't the last time that we were going to do this, and there were going to be other opportunities, and we got a lot of good feedback on on that approach to kind of stay positive and help them help them to be successful at the next pitch day. For sure. So, did you have any specific lessons learned around the event itself for for the next time around for next year? Um, 
or or did you get any feedback from the participants to say you know you we think it would have been a little bit better for for us to to have more time or i guess for you know the judging committee or whatever you want to call it the uh the selection team to have a little bit more time to decide i think the the biggest feedback that we got and i in some ways this made me proud but we got we were trying to figure out how to do better next time that the contracting process was too fast <laughs> which no one ever no one ever says that but I've never heard that before yeah so we many of the solutions that were pitched the reason that we weren't able to make the selection was not because we didn't think that te- the technology would necessarily work it was that we had not done internal coordination of all the stakeholders within the government to kind of give, get their buy-in and thumbs up for using that technology hmm. so for example using the drone swarm technology we we had not done all of the required coordination across the whole base to say can we even fly these drones around the base so i think we needed a little more time or we needed to start earlier on coordinating the internal government discussions uh prior to the pitches and part of that had to do kind of so that was the first thing that in some ways we got to the pitches too soon Mm-hmm. And part of the reason that we were in that situation is when we were collecting problem statements from the, it was, we did it, we collected problem statements from four different wings across the base. And when we collected those, we only collected the problem statement. We didn't ask for a specific subject matter expert to uh, associate with that problem statement. So in some cases, like let's take drone detection we, we posted a problem statement of drone detection and then we got in some proposals, but we hadn't said, okay, who's going to evaluate this drone detection proposals until they actually came in because we weren't sure if we were going to actually get anything. Mm-hmm. So then that person was kind of behind the power curve in terms of like, okay, you, well, we had to bring it completely up to speed where they knew nothing about the process. And all of a sudden we were saying, can you come over to the squad, to our office tomorrow to look at the this white paper and pitch deck, and if you recommend a thumbs up, then we'll present this to the wing commander. And if he is good with us inviting, then you'll sit there to hear a pitch. And if you ultimately give the thumbs up, then we're going to purchase this technology. And that's a lot for someone to take in cold. Oh yeah. So I think that person didn't really know that the technology was the decision to purchase the technology was going to be he at dares. them so quickly. So they didn't have time to do all the coordination that would be required because they really only had two weeks between seeing the proposal and the actual pitches. So I think if we identify the subject matter experts earlier in the process, then they they will be able to know, okay, I may have the opportunity to purchase this in 45 days, so I need to make sure I got all my internal coordination and think through if we are going to purchase this, what do we need to do ahead of time? Yeah. For sure. That I mean, that's such a crazy, just flipping your problems upside down, right? Because like you would never run into that within a normal contracting cycle. Like you'd have the requirements so well defined, the stakeholders so identified, and into the discussions and selection, you you would never run across that problem at all. But to to boil down the contracting process to a couple weeks really does you know require a different different buy-in from the different functions, right? Right. And I think an interesting question that my boss asked was, 
was the contracting process too fast or were or did we find that our own bureaucratic approvals or coordination was too slow so rather than slowing down the contracting process is there a way that we can speed up our internal coordination to meet the same timelines that the contracting process had now that's an awesome question yeah so and i think there's definitely ways to do it the other thing that i think that maybe we could do with a little more time is to get out and go to trade shows and go to conferences and kind of let more companies know about our the opportunity to submit a pitch to this thing. So I think mm. because there was, it was only open for 30 days, we had limited opportunity to go out and drum up interest. Although I'm not sure I would have wanted more than 72 proposals. That's a lot of proposals to look at in 10 days. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, do you feel like that part of the process you would you would want to stretch a little bit longer in terms of digesting, you know, really looking through, following up if there was any any sort of, you know, questions or need for um, verification of different information? Like, would would that be something that you take away that, you know, maybe give ourselves a little bit more time to, to look through and evaluate the proposals? I feel like the evaluation of the proposals was was well done and there was a lot of effort put into that mm-hmm. but i think the follow-up coordination internally was where it became a little bit more of a challenge i think we maybe could have done it in the two weeks that we had but it probably would be helpful to have just a little bit more time to to do our internal coordinations for sure so i mean what's what's the next steps i mean you're, you're going from a, a one page one page contract you know what 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 do you carry downstream from from the event well, so the next thing that we want to make sure that we do is actually follow up because I don't want to celebrate the selection and then lose sight of the actual purpose of this, which is mm-hmm. to deliver innovative uh, technology or capability. So we're making sure that we are closing out these five contracts that we awarded. And then we're, we are doing planning for the next year, uh, basically doing it again next year. And we're Try, we're brainstorming different approaches, so we'd like to maybe open it up to additional bases. And some we're pretty lucky because we're right next to New York City, so there's a lot of technology around us, and there's a venue very close. But if you're in middle America, perhaps there's not as much technology right outside of your gate. Mm-hmm. So we're considering the possibility of doing it as a virtual pitch day so that you can invite additional bases that aren't as close to a city. So that's one thing that we're considering and then I think we also, that's one approach. And then a different thing that we're looking at is, can we make it almost even more agile to where we're, it's always open, so there's not even necessarily a due date, but every month or every other month we're reviewing proposals so that it's just a constant cycle of reviewing proposals. And, and we, then we can really get the subject matter experts and technical experts out to two different conferences and trade shows continuously and then if they see some interesting technology, they have a card that says, hey, here's the link to our announcement and here's the details on what you'd have to submit. But we think, no guarantees, but we think that you may have a, a solution here that we were at least interested in looking at. And that could just be a continuous process that happens year round. So that, that's kind of the long-term vision and, and, and goal of this is to get to that point? That's where I think we, that's where I think we want to go. Uh, we're still kind of brainstorming how it's going to work. I think that may be number one. It's more agile, and it might be more sustainable. Mm-hmm. Then the, the the big pitch event is cool, and it's good for marketing. But 
it may be if you have to if you can only do one or two a year, it may be less frequent or it's a lot of uh, build up to get to that. Mm-hmm. And if you kind of make it a little more smaller, then you may be more agile with how you execute it. Yeah. We're still kind of brainstorming the different approaches. For sure. That's, <laughs> I'll be honest, my mind is a, a little bit blown just by the how quickly you implemented that and how quickly those contracts have come to, to fruition. So that's, yeah. that's, that's pretty awesome. I, I'll say one thing, because sometimes you think, what does leadership matter or setting the culture like what how important is that but i will say that one of my bosses said hey i want you i said hey what do you think about this i'm thinking about doing this and he said do it i don't think you need any approvals from me so why don't you just go out and do it and you know if if people question why you did something just tell them i told you to do it that way (laughs) that's awesome and then my another one of my bosses said Hey, I love this idea. If we invite these companies out here and we don't select anything and we decide that none of them will work, I would still consider this a success just by the fact that we're trying something new and we're going to get this technology in front of our SMEs. So I had a lot of support from my leadership to take the risk and know that even if it kind of turned out a little bit of a failure, they were still going to support it and they had they had my top they had top cover for me as we tried this out on a very tight time timeline. Yeah, absolutely. So when you think about, you know, in that ideal world that you, you kind of describe where you're, you're continually iterating this process, like what percentage of, of overall contracting do you think could flow through this type of thing? I don't know. So another, another, I guess, requirement that we're considering this for, we're plant, we're, Okay, so we're considering bringing bike and scooter shares to the base. Mm-hmm. So under the old approach, we would work with the requirement activity to say, okay, let's write exactly what we want. And by writing exactly what we want, we're either going to eliminate bikes that have docks, or we're going to eliminate bikes without docks, or we're going to eliminate scooters, or we're going to write this thing so generic that it basically is meaningless. Mm-hmm. So we're going to try to use this to see what kind of technology is out there for bike and scooter shares so that you know someone may have something that we hadn't even considered and we'll be able to potentially per- set up a contract to have that type of scooter or bike share service on the base without having to go back to square run- one and rewrite the requirement. So I think anytime you aren't exactly sure what you want, you mm-hmm. can definitely use this. Probably for a majority of your contracting st- requirements you're going to use the old system because you know what you want you're basically getting the same requirement that you got last year but for any time that you're trying something new and don't know exactly what you want i think this is an awesome approach yeah i mean i think your boss's attitude is is so important to say you know let's let's try this because what's what's the risk involved like even if you were going to do it for something like bus services you know to to send something open you know in the past, like you said, you would have written this really long statement of work for exactly the type of bus services you want, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're getting the best bus service and there may be a completely new way to look at it or a new company on the market that, that doesn't work the same as somebody else. So I think that's that's a really cool way to reframe the entire problem statement. Yeah, I'm excited. And I think also 
the neat thing about it, even if you don't select the companies, you're just putting innovative technology in front of people mm-hmm. so that they know what's out there. And it may not work for them or they may not be able to see the opportunity for it right now, but it is in their mind now that, hey, I wonder if I can find a way to use this technology in the future. And so they're at least exposed to new technology that they otherwise wouldn't even know about. Mm-hmm. For sure. Do you feel like there's any any inefficiencies that you, you'd like to clean up and, and, and work on in the in the next year, the next round of this? So I think the biggest challenge is if something is extremely like a customized solution, a custom service, the approach we use currently doesn't give the contractors enough details on what our what the customization that needs to happen is mm-hmm. because we kind of just generally we did a Q&A session but it was just general so we didn't really get to have them come to this to come to the base and see a site or see the details of our problem so i think this works well for maybe a product or a piece of equipment but any type of customized service or customized uh software i think we we have to figure out how you give them enough information to actually submit a proposal that's meaningful yeah yeah i mean i, I would be really interested to hear how that how that goes long term in terms of figuring out, you know, I I guess from my perspective, I I think that would probably be the best way to do it. Where you know you're not getting into the the idea of like, oh, how many labor hours are we paying a developer three versus a developer two, and you're just saying, hey, figure it out. Here's what we need. Like in in some ways, I think your approach may be much more efficient and and beneficial for you from the negotiation side. Yeah, and it. It is a little more challenging in terms because we still have to determine that the price is fair and reasonable. Yeah. But you, since you're getting different technical solutions, you're you can't really compare the two solutions and say that this compared to that one based on the comparison of these two solutions, this price is fair and reasonable. Yeah. So we had to do use market research and go out and see. Okay, well, based on other price other prices paid or other prices that we could find that's how we determine the price fair and reasonable so in that way it was a little more challenging than a regular procurement where you just get three or more quotes and mm-hmm. then whatever the lowest price is you pick it because you don't have price competition sure. under this uh under this approach yeah and do you feel like that's something that you can solve longer term in terms of you know spending more time and utilizing what more more technical solutions to get information behind that or what do you think what do you think is a solution to solve that so i I don't think it's a hard problem my the team that that we didn't review the pricing of all 72 we just reviewed the pricing of the 10 that we invited Mm -hmm. and i feel like we did a good job of of finding basically through our research we were able to comfortably say that the price that they were proposing was fair and reasonable so i think it's just a different way of doing it and it's a relatively solvable problem for sure and i mean in in your world you know this isn't a time of year that you have a lot of um (laughs) excess labor hours at your disposal i mean you're coming up right end of year do you feel like at some point you guys are going to take a deep breath and look back on you know how you prepared everything you know maybe even looking at the ones that you didn't select to say you know how would we how would we evaluate this differently if we had more time or, you know, I guess 
more or less after you get through September, you know, what, what are you going to be your look backs and, and sitting down with your team and what are you going to key in on? I think the, the couple things we want to key on, we're going to ask ourselves, what could we have done? Okay. So of the 10, we made the selection on five and one of them we said no, but then the other four we deferred and we had to ask additional questions and most of that was internal government discussion. So I think our main question is going to be how can we how can we put ourselves in a position to make a decision on those other four at the pitch day event? So I think that's the main thing that we're looking at, at least initially, how can we ensure decisions we do enough internal government coordination to make a decision at the pitch day event? Gotcha. No, that totally makes sense. So any any other big takeaways or, or things you want to share with with the audience? So there was only one, well, I don't want to say there was only one, but there was definitely, there was at least one moment where I had terror <laughs> when I was thinking about this. So you know how you start something and then it's in motion and then, well, and then you think, I'm not exactly sure we can pull this off because we don't want know what's going to come in. So I, I was working with, this there's an organization called the Procurement Technical Assistance Center, and it's a organization funded by the Department, uh, let's see, Defense Logistics Agency, mm-hmm. and their mission is to help small businesses do business with the government. Mm-hmm. And they there there's a couple in each state, and they kind of work within the state to promote uh, promote small business and help these small businesses uh, get government contracts. So I was working with the, and it's referred to as the PTAC. I was working with the PTAC at NJIT, and we had a great partnership. He sent our our announcement out to his network of small businesses that he was working with, and it was it was effective. You could tell because half of the companies that we invited to the event were from New Jersey, which was mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah, super but cool. I yeah, but I was talking to him, and he said, "Hey, you know, I can also send this announcement out to every PTAC in the U.S." <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking, I don't want two proposals, but I don't want two thousand proposals. Yeah. And so I was driving home thinking about what I was going to tell him, and I was thinking, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know what's going to happen here. This could be, <laughs> if we get two thousand, this could be a disaster. So I ultimately said thank you, but I, for this first one, let's just keep it in New Jersey. But I was texting my friend Sarah, who was the person who originally told us how to do it. And I was explaining to her that uh, I had I had a moment of doubt, and then she, I said, "Did you ever have any nervous moments before the Air Force pitch day?" And she texted me back. She said, "The scary parts are the ones you can't control, but we can't afford not to be bold. You are getting to influence a whole generation of airmen, and that is what makes me excited." I was like, "Dang, yeah. that's a that's some good motivation. We gotta we gotta go through with this." That's a quality endorsement right there. Yeah, so so then I was like, okay, we got this. We're going to make it happen. And I had a great team, so so that was a a moment where I was nervous and then we we came through it and ultimately it was a it was a big success. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's such a good, you know, just a case study in, you know, walking that leadership baton all the way through from from the idea phase all the way through implementation because I mean, at at many points along that way, I mean, if there had been some resistance from legal or resistance from your leadership to say, eh, I don't know about this, like it's kind of, it's going to be, it's going to be you on the line if you fail, you know, like that, right. that's going to be, 
it's going to carry a lot different weight and there's going to be a lot of different energy in, in the room and how quickly you could have implemented that, you know, a multitude of people needed to go into the support and <laughs> effective implementation plan. Absolutely. So you're right. We had our legal rep was awesome. He was hundred percent on board helping us figure out any problems that came up. So you're right. It took a, an entire team that was, flexible and willing to think outside the box and looking to overcome challenges because it wasn't pretty when you read the article it sounds like everything went perfectly and it's <laughs> no big deal but like when we got the 72 proposals we were hunting down these people to review these technical proposals mm-hmm. in random meetings where we just say hey wait you're the drone guy for security forces hey <laughs> can you come to our <laughs> this literally happened can you come to our office tomorrow and then I was trying to explain the concept, and he's, his eyes were big. But we had to track down a lot of SMEs kind of randomly, just making sure that all the proposals were evaluated. And then we hadn't really thought of the idea of how, once the initial technical evaluation, how would we get the blessing from the wing commanders before the invites went out? Yeah. So we were like scrambling to get on their calendars and just squeezed in on... Uh, on their calendar to the last minute to make sure we met our timeline. So there are all kinds of little hiccups that we ran into that we had to overcome that don't get mentioned in the article. Yeah. Yeah. And, and never will get the, the <laughs> correct amount of recognition, but that's right. I mean, I'm, I'm very impressed and I think it's a, <laughs> it's a great reflection on you and your own leadership. Um, but I mean, honestly, like I, I have supreme confidence that you could implement anything, but it's it's really, really amazing that's coming from your your bosses, your direct supervisors to say you know just go and do this because that's that's not the kind of support that that I would expect to hear and you know this whole process is so antithetic to the general contracting process that you know to put this thing together even in even in a couple of years I would have been would have been blown away to be completely honest with you. Right. Well, and I had support from both my contracting leadership and my base leadership. So it wasn't like I was fighting either of them to try to make this happen. So that that made it a lot easier for us to, to try this out and try to make it happen. That's super cool. Well, congrats that you pulled it off and <laughs> didn't, didn't make a fool of yourself <laughs> and your squadron. <laughs> right. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, w- I'm I'm excited to. I'm sure there'll be probably more articles talking about the outcome of this and you know some of the cool technology that you guys actually got out. Yeah, we're so we're yes. Once we're working on an article to explain the delivery of the capability because, like I said, I don't want to just celebrate the selection. Yeah. Then we're also we had McDill Air Force Base had a couple people up for our pitch day and they just held their held theirs on the first of August, so last week and. Uh, they had a successful pitch day, and we're spreading the word, telling people how we did it. So I think you're going to see a lot more of these in the upcoming year, and that's exciting too. I'm sure people will find interesting and better ways of doing it than what we did. We, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure there's better ways to do it, and I'm excited to see what what people come up with. That's cool. And you know, back to your point, just building this iterative process where you you continually improve and find different ways to get these solutions out there, like that's. That's really exciting. It really like I'm such a contracting nerd that my mind my mind is just kind of blown by this whole thing. And I think the other thing that I'm excited about is 
at first it's hard for the technical folks to understand the path and see that I can just go out to tech conferences and and see interesting technology and I could have it in my hands within two months. So I think it's also coaching these technical experts on the process and getting them excited about going out and doing market research because before they would do the market research and then they would come back to contracting and say, hey, I'm interested in this system. And we would ask them to write the salient characteristics, yeah. basically like, what is the system supposed to do? And then that would take a couple months and then we'd send it out for proposals and that'd take 60 days and that mm-hmm. we wouldn't get back what we wanted so it really was not very there's wasn't a whole lot of incentive for these technical experts to go out and find this technology because there wasn't really a a clear path to purchasing it so i think there's a lot more incentive to get them out and and seeing what's what the new technology is because we now have a path for them to actually uh, put it in their hands in a relatively short period of time yeah, and, and motivate them to be personally involved in the process where, like you said, previously they may have had to wait until the next round of whatever that technology is as as fast as all the tech moves these days, you know, where it may have been two years and be like, well, I guess I'll I'll wait and get whatever 2.0 when contracting right. finally gets around to getting my requirement done. And well. Yeah, or yeah. they or they would write the PWS for version 1.0 and then by the time we actually award it they were we were delivering <laughs> 1.0 and 2.0 was already out <laughs> or may have been out for years yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah well that's awesome well it's cool i will continue to look for the articles and presses press releases on that cuz that's that's very exciting it's fun to fun to see your name out there in the uh, the ether of positive news and government contracting yeah, well, it was. I turned it over to a great team, and they they really made it happen and put in a lot of hard work and overcame a lot of challenges. So I was really proud of what they were able to accomplish. That's awesome. Well, that's great. Well, that's that's all the questions that I had. Did you have Did you have any other other messages for your team or things you wanted to throw out there? I think we covered most of the. It's it's exciting, and we're working on our two point CSO two point version for the next fiscal year so we're excited to see how it goes that's actually i lied i have one other question have you thought about any specific branding to uh you know make it a little bit more more slick of a a presentation and event for next year the idea started with the air force pitch day and if you look in the news there's a lot of air force pitch day uh news out there of Mm -hmm. there they have a space one there they have a a drone one so there's a lot of pitch days out there and that's one thing that I wanted to, to make sure that we did, that we kept it on brand, brand of the Air Force pitch day. Mm-hmm. So that's why we made sure that we signed the contract that day and that we had the initial payment. So I think those two elements are key if we're going to call it a pitch day. But we may rebrand the other approach where it's continuous and more of a faster thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the title will be of that. We're still kind of throwing that one around. Nice. Like, I guess I'm just uh, I'm hoping I can get a free T-shirt out of this at some point. Mm. <laughs> that's some, a great idea. I need some swag. <laughs> yeah, huh? I hadn't even thought of that, but yes, that's a good idea. <laughs> you can never have too much swag. True. But well, that's awesome. Again, congratulations, big props. Uh, we'll we'll link the article. So if anyone wants a little bit more information, um, we'll we'll put that in the description. But you know. As always, Axel, it's, it's good to catch up. It's great that, that that event went well. And with that, I'm Frank Boyce. And this is Axel Clark. Take the risk. See if you can make it happen. Have a great week, everyone.